Thank you, Pastor Pat. Good morning, church. Are you glad to be in church? Yes. Yes, you are. And because I'm also glad to be here. Why? Because church should be enjoyed and not endured, right? So hopefully you don't endure this two and a half hour sermon. But um, (laughs) has anybody noticed the change in season, obviously? Just with the weather, anyone seen the new blossoms coming out? I mean, uh, Mika just showed me this morning, we, we planted some stuff, take a lot of stuff out of our, our garden, planted new stuff, and, and suddenly there's some new flowers coming out, and it's a, it's a new season, it's a new season, and uh, uh, the interesting thing about a new season, it's, it's it, something happens within us, something happens within us, it's uh, it's as if we get a new start, a, a, a new energy. Uh, I'm going to be better this season. It's springtime. Uh, it's time for change. Get healthy again. Get fit again. Me and my wife signed up for the gym uh, because my double chin is chasing me. So uh, I, I knew I, I had to make some changes because we've been eating those lamingtons since forever. <laughs> Any case, it's a new season. Why did you laugh so hard? Here's the thing about a new season, it's, it's, it's new and we start, sometimes we start very strong. Can you still remember your New Year's resolutions? Anybody? I mean, you remember them day two, day three, day four, and day five, oh, I give up, I'll try next year again. It's, it's not always easy. But it is possible. And the thing about a new season, what I love about a new season is, it's not just that it's new flowers and and everything, but it's this picture that's getting painted for us about God's grace. Is that there's grace for a new season. He gives us a new season. Every time there's a new season, we get to see a picture of God's grace that there's a new season in store for us and we get to experience the privilege of a new season. And, and that's my title today is The Grace for a New Season. So if you are new here, um, I'm, I'm, I'm part of the team and um, I, I get sometimes too excited about God's Word. So if I scare you, I'm so sorry. Um, but my, and my South African accent doesn't help because sometimes we... we we tend to um, sound very strict. I'm not. I'm a teddy bear. Okay? So I'm not strict. But if I get excited, just say amen. Just preach with me. And uh, stand on your chair if you want to. But don't break it. Otherwise, you need to pay for it. And uh, <laughs> Grace for a new season. New season. It's, it's so strong. And here's the thing about a grace for a new season. We, we tend to start strong. We, we tend to, to, to get out there and say, this is, this is my season for change. This is going to be better for me and, and I'm going to do better. And, and then life, life hits. Life hits. I mean, and, and, and sometimes life hits hard. And, and, and maybe you're a student sitting here and say, Zalvin, oh, life is not that hard. It's because you haven't lived long enough. <laughs> life hits. It, 
sometimes it's difficult seasons. Sometimes it's troubling seasons. Sometimes it's troubling years. And we're not sure if we can make it or will be able to make it. Church, here's the one thing that I know. God will never lead you to a, to a place where His grace won't sustain you. His grace will sustain you, no matter how difficult it is in this season. But whenever life hits you, and whenever it's difficult... I want to encourage you through this message to take the rebound because there's always a rebound on offer for us. There's always grace for a new season. You may ask yourself, what is a rebound? That's why I have a ball here. So me and my wife played netball together, action netball, and um, I couldn't play. She introduced me to the game. She was... Um, playing um, provincially and I had a provincial color, so she was very good and I was very bad at it. But I love sports and I love playing sports. It's something about me. I, I, I love to watch all kinds of sports or just know who's the champions of each team. And uh, so, so I would follow American sports, I would, I would follow Australian sports, I would follow um, the best sport in the world, like rugby union, and obviously the best team in the world, like the Springboks. Any case, um, I do follow it. And one of the games that I do follow is the NBA. And the NBA is, is a basketball game which is big in America and they call themselves the world champions whenever they win but they only play against each other which I don't understand. But in the NBA, you can score points. You can score two-pointer or a three-pointer. Three-pointer outside the ring, two-pointer within the ring. And whenever you shoot, if the ball doesn't drop through the net, it comes back. It hops out, or it hits the board and it comes out. That is what we call a rebound. When me and Mika played netball together, they put me in, on defense where I had to stand still because I couldn't control my feet. And in netball, you're not allowed to use your feet while the ball is in your hand. So they put me in the place where I couldn't run and just stand still and just trying to get the rebound. And I want to encourage you through this message to get the rebound, to get the rebound. See, there's a player... Uh, in, in American basketball with the name Kobe Bryant. He fatally lost his life last year, but not many people are familiar with the name Kobe Bryant. Some of us do know, thanks to Hollywood, we, we do know Michael Jordan and Space Jam, and we do know the new guy that's playing Michael Jordan in Space Jam. I don't know him because he's not the greatest, but Michael Jordan was the greatest. We know Michael Jordan about, because of, of Nike shoes, and, and he was the all-time great in basketball. But some things that we, something that we don't know is he was not the all-time greatest point scorer, and he's actually sixth or seventh in, in points. But he was so good. But then there's a guy called Kobe Bryant who, who was leading the scores. And, and Kobe Bryant was, was quite good. He was a shooting guard for the LA Lakers. Now the shooting guard is the points maker and the ball stealer. That's his job. Whenever the other team has the ball, he needs to go and steal the ball. When he steals the ball, he needs to go and make the points. It's interesting now, he's, third time, he's the third time all-time leading scorer in making points in the NBA. He's one of the bestest to ever 
played the game. But here's the interesting fact about him, and I'm not sure if I want that record against my name. But he has also the record for the most missed shoots in the NBA. And they asked him about it, and, and here was his answer. And his answer was, I don't care if I miss it, I always make the rebound. Meaning, when he shoots the ball, if he misses that ball rebounds, he will always make and get the rebound and try another, another shot. And that's what I want to encourage you through, through a, a story today, to take your rebound. Because in this life, life is tough. And, and, and in this world, it's going to get tougher. Especially if we are Christians. We, 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 the world doesn't like us, church, if you don't know. The media doesn't like us. The devil surely doesn't like us. And if you're not having problems with the devil, you should ask yourself, am I walking hand in hand with him? Just saying. Pastor Pat, that was a bad one, wasn't it? Thank you, sir. <laughs> In life, church, there's setbacks. You have to know it. There's, there, there is setbacks. There is tough times. There is tough times when you try to raise a family. There is tough times for business owners. And, and lockdown is looming. And what are we going to do? And our mental health is taking a strain. And, and, and our life is taking a strain. Our marriages is taking a strain. Our relationships with our kids is taking a strain. In this world, we are going to hit setbacks. But church, I want to encourage you this morning to never... Take a step back once you hit a setback because church, God is preparing a comeback. Don't take that step back. Take the rebound that's on offer. You don't need to retire. You just need to refire. Take the rebound. And in the Bible, church, there's so many characters and it's full of stories of people's lives that was torn apart but they got to experience the rebound. They've seen the grace for a new season. And I want to tell you, there's grace for you for a new season. And I want to share three character stories this morning, just to encourage you. And, and if life is good at, at, at this stage of, of your life, I want, to, I want to encourage you to take this message, put it on the rack, and come back to it when life hits you. Just take it. Learn from it. Learn from these guys' stories. And don't take that step back. The first character in the Bible that we, that we read about is Moses. If you think about Moses and the story of Moses and, and who he was, he had some anger issues. Moses had some anger issues. When, when we meet him in the Bible, he has an anger problem. I mean, he, he, he saw an Egyptian kill a Hebrew. He, he didn't even ask questions. He went to kill that guy. He buried him. Think, he, he thought nobody seed him, saw him, whatever the English word is. Nobody. <laughs> he buried him until someone reminded him, oh, are you going to kill me like that guy? And he fled. Moses fled. He, his anger issues led him to kill a man, to bury him, and then it led him out of, of the place where he was staying, where he had to tend sheep for many years. 
But we also read in Exodus 3 that God came uh, through a burning bush and, and spoke to, to, to Moses. He was speaking to Moses through a, a burning bush. And we need to listen when God speaks to us, church. When God, give, when God gives us the instructions. Because He's going to call you. And you are called, church. But if you're not going to live out that calling that He's called you to live out, He's probably going to seek someone else to do it for Him. Listen to God when He is speaking. But in Moses' story, God chose him. And He chose him to, to lead out His people into the promised land. I mean, from a guy that was in hiding, God speaks to him through a burning bush. And, 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 and literally uh, uh, encourages, encourages him to, to lead out his people into the promised land. And God used all kinds of stuff just to, to show him it is him. He, he can do it. And he did, decide it, he did decide to do it. Until one time when Moses was not listening anymore. He was disobedient towards God. Still had that anger issues. He hit the rock, remember? And here's the interesting part about his story. It was, he, 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 he had all things for him. He was the guy that, that split the Red Sea. He became disobedient towards God. And if you think about Moses' story, he's being called. Through a burning bush, what an experience to lead out the people of God into the promised land. He, 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 he was given the task to enter the promised land, but his disobedience led him not to see the promised land. And this is how it ends for him. In uh, uh, Deuteronomy uh, 1, 34, 36 says the following, And the Lord heard your words, and he was angered. And he swore, not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good land that I swore to give to your fathers. Except Caleb, the son of Jezebel, he shall see it. And to him and to his children, I will give the land on which he was chosen, Because he, was wholly follow he wholly followed the Lord. I mean, imagine that feeling in your heart being Moses. You get to, to experience God in a way that nobody experiences Him. You get to speak to God. He, he shows you a couple of cool stuff, like, like a rod, throw it down, it became a snake. He had the courage to pick it up again. It was a, ro a, a rod again. I mean, just imagine that, that feeling that went through him. I get to lead my people out of Egypt into the promised land. And suddenly, disobedience hit. Suddenly, he, he, he makes the wrong decisions in his life. And suddenly, his whole world falls apart. And the Lord say, says to him, you will not enter the promised land. Imagine hitting a setback in life like that. Everything for 40, I've been walking for 40 years and now I cannot see it. But church, one thing that you need to learn today about Moses is that he experienced the grace 
of a new season. Because he did hit the setback. And this promise was made to him. But we still serve a gracious God. Because on the, mount of, uh, on, on the mountain where the transfiguration took place, we read the following. In Matthew 17, verse 1 to 3. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and his brother and led them up a high mountain by themselves. Verse 2. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes become white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Church, suddenly, they are in the promised land. Suddenly, Moses appears on this mountain in the promised land, and one of the biggest comebacks happen in the Bible, literally for a guy that hit a setback, that couldn't see the promised land, experienced God's grace, church, and he could see from a mountaintop the promised land and experience. We serve a gracious God, church. There's always a comeback with God involved. That's where we say amen. And I don't know about you. You may have missed it. You may have decided to go the wrong way. You've may have, you may have missed it with, with your children. They are big now, maybe. The relationship is not there, maybe. You, you may have missed it in, in your marriage. You may have made bad decision, decisions on, on, on what to do and what not to do. That has turned your life upside down. Maybe you haven't experienced the promised land yet. But you thought you you are going to experience. But I want to encourage you this morning. There is grace for a new season. You can make a comeback. And you can experience your promised land. There's still hope for that marriage. There's still hope for that relationships. There's still hope for that business. If God's in it. But you have to make the right decisions. Because there's grace for a new season. Second story of a great comeback is the story of Samson. And we find his story in Judges 16. I mean, Samson was just, he, he was meant to do phenomenal things for, the, for God's people. Incredible strength. And, and we know the story about Samson. He had incredible strength. He, he was called from birth, he, 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 he was just the guy. I mean, he had the hair, he had the muscles. He was it. And he was destined for great things. And Samson in his life had incredible power and he really achieved incredible things. If you don't know the story about Samson, I mean, the guy killed a lion with his bare hands. It's in the Bible, church. And you thought the Bible is boring. Here's a guy, just picturing it. If you haven't been to Africa, a lion is not a small kitty. 
Imagine a lion comes here and just see for a moment what the Bible can be. Is Here comes the tension, the, the excitement, a guy with his bare hands and here comes the lion. And I mean, he, he, he grips the lion and he kills the lion and gives him a noogie while he's busy at it. And I mean, it's just incredible. Why would you want to do drugs if you have the Bible? Can't get it. I mean, this guy uh, kills the lion with bare hands. Come on, boys, come on. Wah, wah. It's just incredible. But he had this in, inner problems that tore his life apart. He had his problems, church, that cost him everything. That cost him his future. That cost him his calling. His inner struggles got him down. In the end, Samson was blind, in prison, a slave, and he was mocked by people. What a story from this great guy where he's blind and being mocked. Where, he, where his main purpose became to entertain people. And we think it's over. We, we think it's not possible for a comeback. It, it's not possible to do anything after that. And that's sometimes how, how we think our lives are. It's not possible, Zalvin. There's no hope. There's always hope, church. I mean, when we read the story. Yeah, how his story ends in Judges 16, verse 26. And Samson said to the young man who held him by the hand, Let me feel the pillars on which the house rests, that I may learn I lean against them. Now, the house was full of men and women. All the, uh, the lords of the Philistines were there, and on the roof there were about 3,000 men and women who looked on while Samson entertained. Then Samson called the Lord and said, O oh Lord God, please remember me and please strengthen me only this once. O oh God, that I may be avenged on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson grasped the two middle pillars on which the house rested. And he leaned his weight against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he bowed with all his strength. And the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people who were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those who he killed during his whole life. I mean, imagine that story. He gets one victory. He makes a comeback and, 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 and defeat these people in one go because he had grace for a new season. But there's something else that we tend to miss in this story about this, the life of Samson. There's a, there's a critical verse, and it's not on the screens, but I would want to encourage you this afternoon to go and read it again. There's a verse in this story that we sometimes just read over as if it is nothing. And as we read it, I want to read it to you. It's in verse 22. It says the following. But the hair on his head began to grow again after it has been shaved. 
It's interesting about this story that they paint this big picture and, and they show how, how he's being taunted and, and they show how, how, how he's, mo- he's being mocked. And, and just somewhere in the middle, they, they give this little detail. Oh, by the way, his hair grew back. Why was it in there? Why is it the fact that they will mention that his hair grew back? Do you want to know my theory about it? It's because the interesting thing about hair is it grows from the inside out, not from the outside in. And here's the thing. If God planted something in you, It doesn't matter how many times the devil tries to steal it. If God planted it in you, it will grow, church. And that's the thing about hair. It will always grow. And there's a calling inside you. If your world is falling apart, if your house is falling apart, if your dreams is falling apart, if your calling is falling apart, church, because of the outside world stuff that's happening and because of bad decisions, I want to encourage you through the Samson story that if God placed it in your heart, it will flourish because God placed it in you. That's why he's still in it. There's grace for a new season, church. I want to encourage you to not give up. And finally, finally, the last story, and probably probably the greatest comeback story of all time is the story of Jesus. I mean, Jesus does all the miracles. He does all the miracles and And when he comes into town, it's Hosanna, Hosanna, the Lord. I mean, they praise him. They praise him for who he was, what he has done, and and at that stage for who he is. But they still crucify him. They still kill him. It's interesting. They killed him. But then, three days later, the greatest comeback of all time is, take place, is taking place. I mean, he's risen from the grave. He stands up. And I just imagine that moment where the devil wants to scream out, checkmate. Where the devil wants to say, it's over. Where the devil wants to come, it's over because I have won. But you see, just like basketball, there's always a rebound. There's always an opportunity for a comeback. And I want to encourage you this morning. There's always. That's what I love about communion. And that's what I love about Jesus' story. Because he, he is literally warning us in John 10.10 10, that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have life and life in abundance. There's an abundant life for you, church. Is it going to be easy? No, it's not. Is it going to be worth it? Absolutely. Are you going to experience setbacks? Yes, you are. But I want to encourage you that you don't take that step back. Because God is preparing a comeback. But you need to take the rebound and shoot again. You need to be willing to say, I'm going to pick my head up and I'm going to go again. 
We are, we, as, as, as a marriage couple, I want to encourage you to live by the following principle that you don't fall apart, you fall towards each other. We don't fall apart. I want to encourage you to, 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 to sign up for the marriage enrichment course. Why? Because maybe that is your comeback moment. Maybe God is preparing you and He's setting you up and He's preparing the table for you to experience life and life in its full. And that's why we celebrate communion and we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper now. Why? Because it's grace for a new season. It's a rebound opportunity for us. Whenever we take the bread and whenever we take the wine, we can remind ourselves that He has died for us and He has died for me and you so that we may have a new season, a rebound opportunity. I want to encourage you so that you may walk out this room this morning so that you know there's a rebound opportunity. You see, Moses was, the, was denied the promised land. He was denied the promised land. But he got his rebound. He got his rebound. Samson achieved the biggest victory using his rebound. Jesus died and made a comeback and the biggest of it all. But the rebound that Jesus made means so much more than just a rebound. It enables me and you, church. It enables us to take our rebound. He died for us so that we can take an opportunity to have that rebound. I want to encourage you. Take your rebound. There's grace for a new season. What I want to ask you, I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to ask the band to come up and the communion stewards will be ready. As I pray, they're going to just prepare. We're going to celebrate communion together. Just I want to use that word celebrate because it's a celebration. Jesus died for us so that we may live, so that we may experience a life in abundance. So let's just close our eyes. Lord, thank you for who you are, what you've done for us. Thank you for the grace for a new season. Thank you that you have given your life so that we may live, so that we may experience the rebound, so that we may experience the grace. And I want to pray this morning, Lord, for everyone here. Maybe they are in a difficult season. Maybe life is hitting them really hard, Lord. Maybe they are experiencing pain like never before. Lord, I want to pray that you may come and heal them, restore them, lift them up so that they don't take that step back. But let them experience, God, the comeback. And thank
thank you, Lord, for showing us and leading the way. Thank you also that we can celebrate communion together this morning, Lord, as a reminder that we have an opportunity to live a life in abundance. And as every eyes is closed and every head is bowed, I want to give a final opportunity in this prayer moment. If you are sitting here and you've never accepted the gift of salvation, I'm not talking about church attendance. I'm not talking about what you did as a kid. I want to invite you to take an opportunity to accept the gift of salvation. Because when you accept the gift of salvation that God has for you, that means you accept eternal life with Him in heaven. And you become born again. Maybe you have never made that decision to be born again as a Christian. I want to give you that opportunity. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to expose you. I'm not going to let you feel uncomfortable. I just want to give you an opportunity to have surety that you are going to heaven and that you are born again Christian by accepting the gift of salvation. So if you want to accept that gift, I just want to pray for you. Will you just raise your hand and let it down, slip it down again? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can let it down. I want to give one more opportunity. There's two hands and we're going to pray with them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Church, as we're going to pray because they've just made the biggest decision of their lives. They're going to heaven. And heaven is currently celebrating, screaming of joy. We're going to do it now. Let's just pray in support with them. Three people that just gave their life to Christ this morning. Let's pray with them. So I want to ask you, just pray after me, everyone, as loud as possible. Lord, thank you for dying for me, for forgiving my sins, past, present, and future sins. I come this morning and I declare you as my Lord and Savior. And I accept the gift of salvation. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, church. They're going to heaven and there's nothing keeping them. As the band is going to lead us in a song, I want to invite you. Let's celebrate communion together. Let's celebrate the table and what Jesus did. He gave you new life. So there's gluten options here in the front. There's options in the back. And as you get your communion, you can open it up in your own time as we sing this song. And celebrate the fact that there's grace for you for a new season. You may come.